The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by Keon. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. I'm looking for help and I accidentally provoke a fight and they stab me twice in the back and they stab me in the knee. They beat the crap out of me. When that happened, it was the beginning of my adulthood, right? It it was a very fast, hard transition to, whoa, life is fragile. Everything you do has an impact in your life. It was an immersive rite of passage. And so from that point on, I embraced a health journey that has like made me who I am today. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her Show. Throwing a little curveball this week out the little Wednesday episode. A little not so expected from us, but here we are. We're full of surprises. That clip is from our guest of the show today, Angelo Keeley. And today we're talking all about proteins, amino acids, essential building blocks for the body. This is a really interesting episode that I'm sure you guys are going to find very compelling. He also tells his story which is so wild. He talks about being stabbed, almost killed, bus accident. It's a wild journey. And I have to tell you the reason that I am in love with aminos is because of this episode. I've been taking two scoops of the mango after or during my workout, and I really, really like it. I think one of the biggest takeaways here is so many of us are working so hard to optimize our health, our body, our minds, And we may all be doing it at a deficit, especially if you're not getting the aminos. So on this episode, we dive into how essential the amino acids are for the body, where to get them, what they can do. And honestly, it's a game changer because it is going to supercharge the results you're getting both in body, mind, results in the gym, performance-wise. And it's honestly very simple and easy to do. You should also know they have a code for you. All you have to do is go to getkeon.com slash skinny. You can use the code. Like I said, I recommend the mango aminos and their coffee. Their coffee is legit. It's no mold, no pesticides. We'll get into it in this episode. On that note, let's welcome Angelo, the founder of Keon, to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her Show. This is the Skinny Confidential Him and Her. Okay, I am shaking up some aminos on air. For you guys. Michael, I'll let you kick it off because I feel like you have a little bit of a story with this well, situation. Well, while you're shaking the things, I got to understand. I was going to jump. We, we have the team like help us with these briefs. And I, you know, we always figure out like, hey, where are we going to get to go with this guy? What, what, what kind of story are we going to tell? It says here, nearly stabbed and beaten to death at 16. I can't imagine what you're what your pickup line for her was. Yeah. You, was you went deep right away. I, it you, took you 10 go, years, but you go, we're here. Well, because <laughs> you go right at the most hardcore content right off the bat. Well, because this is not a this is not something we see in all of our briefs, as you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't met another person that's had that experience. What yeah. is the background here? How does this happen? I think what's actually helpful maybe is give like the context of my family because sure. it kind of fits into this whole story then, which is I was raised in a family here in Austin. I was actually born in Wimberley at home. Anyone in the Austin, Texas area knows that, uh, that town. And my parents had a natural health food store and a natural health food restaurant. And my dad had been like in the supplement business. So we were very crunchy, like very hippie, alternative health nut type family. So I mean, I never went to a doctor until I was like seven. And I was like, I'm on vitamins from a young age and amino acids, which I'm sure we'll talk about today. Probably like one of the first things I remember my mom giving to me as like a like a vitamin supplement. Well, early. So, so she knew early. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm like three. Like she was a master swimmer and a health nut. Okay. So like we would take aminos at the gym and she'd be like, Angie, can't you feel it? You know, like, so it was <laughs> early on, you know, I think like most people, you're raised in a family with certain types of values and beliefs. And it's just like, you, you can almost can't tell what you're like, what is your belief versus what's your family's belief? Cause it's just, it's just like who you are. Right. I'm grateful for that context I was raised in. They were also business people and entrepreneurs, which has been a big part of my life, obviously. Naturally, as I got into middle school, I started to push back. I started to like want to explore everything on my own, try everything. I was very social, as most entrepreneurial type people are. I got into drugs, into partying. Yeah, I mean, I just did a lot of drugs and partying and experimentation. Would you consider yourself like borderline addict at that, or was it just like you're experimenting like like most young kids? You know, I think that's a t- I think that's a tough thing to talk about with young people, like whether you're an addict or not, because the the brain is in a very unique stage from 12 to 26. People think that adolescence just lasts like 12 to 18. No, your brain starts changing at age 12 and it lasts all the way to 26. And it's dramatically different from the rest of before that and later in your life. And inherently during that time period, you are in a way programmed to be hyper-literal. So take all these things like hyper-literally to take tons of risks naturally because you're trying to push away from your family to like be safe and be able to get away from them. And it encourages really bizarre behavior, like extremely risky behavior. You're trying to refine your social group. It's all this stuff that like doesn't mix very well with drugs. Sure. And so, I mean, I would say I wouldn't put myself in an addict box at that time in my life. I think I was like, yeah, maybe I, I was like the, a wild, I was a wild kid in, in Austin. Yeah. Maybe that's not <laughs> the best way to frame it. I, get, I hear what you're saying. I think more what I was asking was this like something you were doing every day or was just like when you'd go yeah, out. At, I mean, I was, I was like, I mean, I was like maintaining what I had to maintain in school, but I was like very plugged into like the party culture at my okay. school and having fun. I mean, I wasn't like the kids skipping school just to do drugs. I mean, it was very oriented around partying, partying, girls. social yeah. girls. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like friends, you know, it was like that was that's what it was all about. I had taken psychedelics before and I was also like really into music. Like music was like one of my main passions. I played a ton of music and I think that almost opened me up more to like psychedelics. I think that if you have an artistic inclination, then the kind of psychedelic realm can seem like really exciting and intriguing. And if you're 15, 16 years old, it can seem like really intriguing. So I think I, I liked that. I thought it was really cool. But one time I took way too much and I was actually at a- f- Too much what? LSD. Okay. Yeah. So I think I took like a hit and then I, my friend was like, do you want more? And I was like, all right. I mean, we'd actually been playing music and- However, I remember it. He gave me a lot more and I actually don't know how much more. It was like a vile thing. So it was a lot more. And I just lost my mind. You know, I think people today talk about like ego death or like whatever is like in the popular culture around plant medicine. I mean, I had a psychotic break. I had I lost my mind. Like I was really scared. I thought I was dying. I thought I was like my I felt like I was melting. And how long how long is this lasting? I don't know the exact time period, but it's probably like a couple hours in. I'm like melting, you know, and I'm trying to look for help and I'm in a neighborhood that is not like the best neighborhood. It's not that bad of a neighborhood. It's not too far from here, but this is 22 years ago. So it's like Austin's not quite as developed and nice. And I'm looking for help and I accidentally provoke a fight with these other younger guys who are a little bit older than me, but they're clearly a lot more hardcore than me. And they stab me twice in the back and they stab me in the knee and they beat me, they beat the crap out of me. And basically I wind up found in this kind of like little drainage ditch area kind of thing 
And I remember, I remember this guy. I mean, I don't really remember the whole experience that well. But and this is all while you're on LSD too. Yeah, this is this is, this is not just like on LSD having a good trip. Like I'm already like melting. Having and, a bad trip and yes. then you're getting stabbed and beaten. Yes. Like this is like this yes. is like everyone's worst nightmare with with uh, this kind of medicine. Yeah. But, but keep going. Yeah. This is this is this, the worst. This, this is, is the this worst is, nightmare. This is the worst trip. This is the worst trip. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to like claim it, but yeah, you no. Know, I mean, listen. <laughs> <When> I, <laughs> people talk again about like ego deaths and all these journeys and stuff, and I'm like, man, I, I yeah, yeah, I get it. I remember this guy. I must have been some like man who found me. I don't know if it's like. He was with the police or the ambulance or something. And he there was this guy like in a cowboy hat. And I remember him. He's like, you okay, man? And like, I remember that. And then I basically remember like, I knew I was in the care of the emergency people. And I just kind of like let go. And I remember just like falling. Like I felt like I was, like I had released, like I had surrendered because I was in such panic before then. And then I woke up a few days later and I was in a hospital bed. And because I had been, you know, on drugs and I had been provoking these things. I was handcuffed to my bed and with a police officer next to me. And I was just completely black and blue. And I had, you know, emergency abdominal surgery. So they had to cut all the way down my abdomen. Holy shit. And my spleen was barely nicked. And why did they have to do that emergency surgery? Because you were bleeding so much or, or? Well, I mean, I think they assume if you get stabbed with a huge knife twice in your back, like that, you they, could be you they have to just cut you open and look and see what's happening. Wow. And I was very lucky. The only thing that happened was my spleen was barely nicked. But my patella tendon was severed entirely. Oh, so they had to actually pull my patella tendon back up to uh, my knee and reattach. I still have a cord in my knee. Wow. Yeah. So that's the story. <laughs> what did your parents think? I just had a son and yeah. I'm like thinking, oh my God, what if this happened to my son? I would be fucking losing it. What, what was your mom and dad saying during this? And this is a whole new perspective for me now. You just met my, my seven-year-old daughters here. I have a nine-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter and even doing, you know, interviews like this or a conversation where if I'm willing to share this openly, right? And they're going to listen to this one day. Like, how do they, just in the whole context of being part of a family, being part of generations and people that love you and that care about you and you love them and you care about them and like this kind of bizarreness occurring. You know, I think it was that bizarre for my parents. I think that they were really scared and they obviously loved me. And I had always been someone that would push limits, <laughs> but I was always someone who was thoughtful and trustworthy and cared. Like I wasn't like, I wasn't like the dude that was like messing with people. I was like pushing my own limits consistently. So it, it wasn't some crazy off brand for some crazy thing to happen to me. I have more, unfortunately, I have like a couple more, almost as crazy stories oh as these <laughs> that happened later in my life. So I think for them, it's like, just so grateful that their kid's alive and that he didn't die because lots of other people die in these kinds of situations. And, you know, I'm sure questioning oh, what could we have done to protect him? Is there anything we could have done? But it's tough, man. I was pretty, like I said earlier about like the brain development of adolescence, like they're in a pretty different place. They're, they're, they can be pushing away pretty hard. And if they're if they're intelligent or if they think they're intelligent or they like to be adventurous, just, you know, it pushes you that much more. So I don't know what else they could have done. And I don't think that they thought more than, I think they just felt grateful I was alive. Have you ever done psychedelic sense? Yeah. And was the experience anything like that? Let's hope not. It was never, it's, it's never been anything like that. And I think my whole, I mean, that was when I was 16. Right. So you've evolved. I, I have evolved, but you know, there were periods when that happened, 
it was the beginning of tying back to what I was saying earlier about like my childhood. It was the beginning of my health journey. Like it wasn't like, it was the beginning of my adulthood, right? It, w- it was a very fast, hard transition, rite of passage to like, whoa, life is fragile. Everything you do has an impact in your life. If you don't do something, it does something. If you do do something, it does something. The thoughts you have in your mind, you know, create your life. Like it was, it was an immersive rite of passage. And so from that point on, I embraced a health journey that has like made me who I am today. And that included at first not taking any substances. It was like, I wanted to be really not sober for the sake of being sober, but I wanted to be clear of mind. You know, I wanted to like just sort out what was going on inside of me. But then there's been other parts of that journey that have been different than that. My ex-boyfriend got hit in the face with a baseball bat and all of his teeth fell out and he had to get all new teeth, dentures. His entire face was broken, fucked up. And he woke up in that hospital bed and had an epiphany in high school about the same age as you. When you woke up, was there an epiphany like he had? Did you have some kind of epiphany of like, oh, my God, I, I know you started your health journey, but did you wake up and just look around and be like, what is going on? I woke up and it was like a dream that's what he said too it was like a it was like disassociative yeah it's weird now i've only found the language in the last couple years but i have this language like my life is my dream is my life is my dream which is kind of a weird psychedelic loopy poem thing but i really do find that like what just like real life is and what dream life is is like more similar than we think And maybe there's some element of like, because we talk about in like spiritual language, there's waking up or being born again or all these types of things. And there was, there was definitely a sense of like, whoa, like, but it was almost like I was waking up into a dream. The luck. Makes sense. The luck. I mean, I don't know how else you, you go through that and survive and call it anything other than luck. To your point, I think about my childhood and being young and reckless and, you know, doing things. You just don't realize what you don't know back then. You don't realize how quick things can change and how dangerous the world can be. And you just go through and there's not, it's difficult. It's not like somebody can come in, at least in my case, and be like, hey, quit doing that because like this will happen. You're like, no, not, it won't happen to me. It might happen to other people. But it won't happen. And it's like, I think a lot of young people go through this and unfortunately, Sometimes it doesn't always end up the way that it ended up with you. Like people lose their lives being reckless and doing things that just because they don't have enough experience in life to kind of deal with the dangers that can arise from these sort of things. It's scary because you think about all the lost potential and like someone like yourself, like I I guess in a roundabout way, my question is, is when you have that life altering near death experience, it, it must be such an immediate perspective shift. Is that like immediately launch you into like, okay, I've just like, I'm now matured by 10 years. I'm, go- I'm moving forward. Like I, I've left kind of adolescence behind and I'm now have to be a man. I do think there's an element of a really big dose of time, you know, which is a weird thing that's to, what I'm to saying. say, it's like, but it's similar. And I think that's one of the things that some experiences, some drugs can give you, they give you a lot of time, like a lot of experience really fast, which is can be the benefit of them, can also really be the danger. Sure. Because like, can you metabolize that much experience all at once? So I wouldn't say that like like that happened and then suddenly I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm as wise as a 26 year old, you know? But it it did dose me with amount of time and experience that changed the whole trajectory of my life. Like, yeah, I mean that, I ended up, uh, so it was happened when I was 16 and a half. And it inspired me to move out when I was 17. So I became emancipated when I was 17, started supporting myself and really started trying to develop my 
not really career then, but like yeah, just supporting myself and learning how to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's changed. I am a person who ever since then has tried to, I think Thoreau said it, like suck the marrow out of life. That's like, a great saying. I love that. Good? Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Well, because like, you I want yourself you, need I want a, like, you need a tattoo of a bone marrow on your arm. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's like, you know, when you see young kids that go through an immense trauma and it like makes them grow up so much faster and almost rob them in a way of their childhood. You know, you know, like we know these kids that they, maybe they come from a broken family or they lose a parent or, you know, something happens to them and it like forces them to grow up so much faster than they would if they just went at the normal pace of adolescence. So I, that's I'm wondering like in your experience experience if you kind of like felt the same way. I think that did happen. Although it's tricky to say, you know, I I think if it had happened to me younger, like you think about it at whatever stage of development that you're at, when a significant life event or trauma happens, it's going to have a certain type of impact. I also think it separates you from the people who are your age. All of a sudden you feel like separate. Like if you let's say something happens to you at 18, you don't feel 18 anymore. That did happen to me. It, it kind of yeah. it, it broke me apart from uh-huh. my age group and yep. it put me in a context then where when I went to college, like I wasn't drinking, I didn't do drugs, I didn't do any of that stuff. I was like focused on learning and education and growth and focused on like, I mean, I was 17 and I was barefoot running around the hike and bike trail and doing cold exposure and heat treatment and, you know, measuring everything I ate and reading Susie Fallon and like doing all this stuff that was like- Who's Susie Fallon? Ancestral diet type okay. stuff. Yeah. And then so. you, you go to the Himalayas, the foothills of the Himalayas, and you get involved in a deadly bus accident at 21. Yeah. I'm sure when I called my dad and told him this one, it's like, it was scary. But he was like, well, I guess if he got through getting stabbed on acid, you know, at 16. And there's no drugs involved in this there's one. There's no drugs involved okay. in this one. No, this. Yeah. So actually what I ended up doing. So this journey that kicked off when I was 16, I would say kind of kicked off this experience, set me apart from other people personal development journey. I ended up going to school, college actually, and studying religion and philosophy primarily, really because like I was just trying to like figure out like life. And it, it was very much not like theology, but like history of religions, just trying to understand cultures and meaning and place. I'd also gotten really into yoga when I was in high school, like 17, trying to just heal myself and you know figure stuff out. By the time I was 21, I really wanted to go to India. Like I, I wanted to go to India. And so I arranged a trip to go do service work at an orphanage in the South for about a month. And then to do this advanced program at an ashram in the foothills of the Himalayas. Really cool, like right on the Ganges, like literally on the Ganges. And I was towards the end of this yoga commitment I had made at the ashram. I'm a pretty t- like talkative guy and get to know people, et cetera. And so I got invited by this guy I had met there to go visit his village for a couple of days. And so I was riding a bus up in the foothills and anyone who's been to India before or has not been there before, they drive in such a way that you constantly are going into oncoming traffic. Like you're just going into oncoming traffic to get around people. Like it's, it's almost, it's terrifying if you come from a more like rules based. They, they know how to do it. They somehow do it. Somehow. Somehow, but not uh, maybe not all the time. So I'm, you know, I'm up in the foothills. And actually, this is a case where the buses aren't really like going into each other's oncoming traffic, but just a two lane, you know, one bus is going up, one bus is coming down thing. And it's it's always like by this time, I've been there a couple of months. So I've kind of I'm not like like panicking every time I'm in traffic, which is funny. I ended up moving to India 
five or seven years after that and lived there for like lived and worked there for a year and a half and drove the whole time. So I, cl- I clearly can metabolize trauma as we'll see. It just happened to be that my bus and another bus, the the backs of our buses, it's like, you know, right on a curve, right at the wrong time we're passing each other. And my bus and the other bus just barely collide and their bus just tips off the cliff. And I remember looking out and I could like see the people's eyes, like this one woman's eyes, and they just and just tumble. I mean, hundreds of meters. Oh, shit. And there's no like emergency services up there. There's nothing. Nobody's coming. No, no, no one's coming. And so like after a while, there's a couple other young guys. And in the north, they don't really speak English that much. Like in southern South India, they speak English more. So I can't even really communicate with people. But I'm like, yeah, let's go. So just spend basically the whole day, you know, six hours, try to get down there. And then, yeah, it's just a lot of gore, you know, dead people. But there were few that were living. And so we kind of built these makeshift stretchers. And just spent the whole time trying to carry them up this cliff and eventually brought them to the top of the cliff. And then there was kind of, there was time I ended up going back down and just helping to get the last guy. There was one guy actually inside the bus. You can imagine the bus is just clobbered. There's one guy inside the bus and just kind of ripped it apart piece by piece till we could finally get him out. I mean, I, I, after hours of this, I kind of go back to the top of the hill and I just like hitchhike back to the little town and call my dad and tell him what happened. You know, one of the most interesting things about this, though, I said I wasn't thinking of it when I said I can metabolize trauma, but I never knew this before. But when I went back to my room at the ashram, I just laid down and I actually I listened to John Coltrane Blue Train, which is this album from like my childhood. I love this like jazz album. And I just shook like violently shook. And only after years later, 10 years after that, I ended up working in behavioral health care and learn that that is what people do, like animals do in a healthy trauma response. After you have some type of physical trauma, you'll actually shake it out, like your nervous system will release it. The it, work of like- And what happens if you don't shake it out? It, it gets stored within so your system. So is that system. like where PTSD might come from? Yeah, so, so like, I mean, I'm not obviously an expert in this, yeah, yeah, in yeah. this field, but yeah, exactly that. So actually the ability to shake it out after a physical trauma dramatically improves your later experience of how you remember and process Is that, that why you see dogs, like something happens and they do that and weird they shake? shake. Yes. Huh. Huh. So the, it's, it's been a studied actually a lot. It's so, interesting. Yeah. And so I just did that and I was like, am I crazy? But I did it intuitively. And I, I do think that I was able to process that one, I don't know, better or something. Can you actually make your body shake after a trauma yourself or does it have to be your body doing it involuntary? That's a good question. I I think it's about reaching a level of being relaxed or of kind of like release and then your body will do it. So maybe like people that can't do, they're like just they they're pent up so much and they're burying it so deep that they just like it stays in them. It's almost like the cold plunge, the parasympathetic like shake. It is exactly that. Huh? Yeah. I mean, it's playing on the same framework of like the parasympathetic nervous system. That that makes sense. You spend years working in Europe and India in your 20s. At this point, are you still really into health and wellness? Are you even thinking about the company that you're going to start? Is that even a seed of an idea? I think the seed, there's not a seed of an idea. I think there's the seed of like who I am is always there. You know, I always go back and it's like, gosh, if I were going to start a company for three-year-old Angelo that would like make his mom happy. It would be like an aminos and coffee company. You know, it would be like, that'd be the company for my mom and my dad, you know, to be proud of me. So I don't think it was, it wasn't some intentional thing. I was like scoping out and perfecting in those years, but it's always been in me. But in that time, no, in that time, I think it was more. So if there was a, if there was a psychological impact from that whole 
bus experience thing, I think I actually became less health oriented and more success and performance oriented. And I always have that thread. Like the big threads inside me are kind of like fun is always number one. Like having fun and playing is always number one. But then it's like trying to be like healthy and balanced or like win. And suddenly the desire to win and to be successful took over, which maybe was some form of like a defense mechanism. I don't know. So no, my, my focus at that time was like, I want to live overseas. I want to get really good at other languages. I want to be this international businessman. And like, it was, it was a younger kind of like 20 something male, like I want to win, crush the world thing. So it was fun though. I mean, I, I did, I learned a bunch of languages. I mean, I got to really like getting to live in France in a few years for a few years and become fluent in French and just like experience this whole other side of me that I had never, I didn't know foreign languages as a kid. So learning a foreign language as an adult, you see a whole nother side of yourself, like how you might express yourself like in these other, this whole other frame. And it was an awesome adventure too. I, my, so I met my now wife at Barton Springs in 2006, but then we didn't really start dating until 2007. And then I invited her to go to France with me and she quit her job and she moved to France with me. So we lived, we got to live overseas for several years together. It's a pretty awesome adventure. Then should've, basically, should've, I should have done something like that. I mean, I'm gonna, yeah, well, you didn't take me to France to live overseas. <laughs> I took you to San Diego, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so all that basically, you know, what really clicked was she wanted to, she was like, yo, I want to have babies now. Let's go. And I was like, you can do it in India. She's like, no, I can't do it in India. She honestly just really wanted to be in Boulder. Like that's where she wanted to be, even though we had met and been from Austin. So I actually went on a, I mean, I, I got very into meditation all these years, like I've done so many 10-day meditation retreats and so much Just meditation. quiet meditation? Like you don't do, say anything for 10 days? Yeah, my favorite retreats are 10 days. Okay. No reading, no writing, no talking, no eye contact. What do you do? 10 hours, you do 10 hours a day of meditation. And then if not, you're like sleeping or walking. That probably helped you heal. It did. I've bet you because you're introspective and you can just, you can really sit with your feelings and figure out why you're feeling a certain way, I bet. Totally. Do you have to work your way up to a practice like that? Like, do you have, or can you just straight up go into a 10 day? You can straight up go into a 10 day. And as you can imagine, I think this goes back to the dose of time conversation we had earlier. That's a very high dose of that kind of stillness and meditation that will have, you know, psychological repercussions on you that I think then you have to be prepared to kind of like work through after. But you can totally do it. I mean, people go through all kinds, people go through worst people go through terrible trauma. Sure, so you sure. can totally do that. And it will, it will feel, you know, but like, I guess what like I just took you, a lot of meditation. And, but also <laughs> for me, like if I did that, I know I would come out into the real world and it would be sensory overload. Like, I feel like these lights would bother me. His voice would bother me. Like, what? like, no, I just mean like, it would be like, you're going to turbo. Cause already, already when I, when I meditate in the morning and he comes at me, like it's, you become like quiet with yourself. So I can't even imagine 10 days. Was the world like the traffic and the horns and the ambulance? It's like intense. Well, I guess what I'm asking was maybe in a different vein. It was like, it must take some kind of discipline to go somewhere like that and then not, just not say or do anything besides meditate and walk and sleep. It de I mean, it definitely takes discipline. Like that's what I'm saying. And like it's, an e it's not the easiest thing to just go and not do anything for 10. I mean, you're doing something, but yeah. you know what I mean? For 10 days straight. 
I would just say though, a lot of people do it. You two could absolutely do it. I'm sure the listeners of this audience could do it. You just don't know you can do it yet. There's Think about all the things in your life that you thought you never could do or never would do. And it does help if you sign up for a program or something that's offered because then like someone else, it's like working out. Sure. Like every you guys and everyone here can work out dedicated every single day for an hour and a half doing the perfect workouts. Yep. Will you? I mean, it's it's hard. It's harder than like hiring a personal trainer and them making you do it, right? Or going to a class. So similarly, if you go to a retreat like this, someone else is facilitating it, right? They're holding the space for you. They're holding you accountable. So in that place, you have to like be, you have to quit, right? You have to be obnoxious or you, and you have to create a scene or you have to quit versus just like, I'm going to adhere. I'm going to show up. This person's in charge. I'm just going to do whatever they tell me to do. Like, so it's hard, but it's not as hard as it's not like I self facilitate. I've never done this by myself. I might have to get some information on some of these retreats objects as you've done so many of them. Like which, if you can be quiet for 10 days, I will. I don't know. You're so goddamn chatty. When I wake up in the morning, it's the questions. My little sister staying with us right now. She goes, Lauren, I cannot believe what he talks to you about in the morning. It's like the most aggressive, intense shit the second well, my listen, eyes open. Like, what is it? Uh, you, just uh, things you want to know I, about or interested in? Or I, 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 He'll yeah. be asking me like plans for our future in 10 years, I, I really, our bank accounts, no, QuickBooks, no, no, checks, I don't, I don't talk balances, to, no, 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 business. Now no, no, you're exaggerating. I mean, you're making it up. I, I get into like random things. Like, what was I interested in the other day? I, I, get, I get like, I read like something in the newspaper. Talking I'll to me read, about like, the fucking kind of Hobbit like, the other talk. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Yeah, I was like into the Blue Wizards or the whatever the hell I was into. It's intense. Yeah, obviously I've built a career chatting and then I've built a business that does more chatting and then like now, you know. I'm going like, to send you away for no, 10 I, days. I I'm going to get him a gift card for his birthday. <laughs> what sold me, uh, what I think, the reason I think I'm drawn to this part of the conversation so much is I think that someone like myself would benefit immensely from going somewhere and being quiet and disconnecting for X period of days and just not having this or this or, you know, that, like, or me. Yeah. And I just think it'd be an interesting experiment for me personally. I think you're right. I think that what you would discover if you committed to that kind of experience is how much you're influenced by things outside of you that you actually don't want to be influenced by. Sure. You think you do because my sense is, and this is like most successful business people or successful people, who, people who are successful socially, is that you're really good at responding to people. Right. And that's what I've found too. Like I'm good at like someone throws a problem my way, like I can respond to it or I can you know, do witty conversation. Do, I can do all these responsive kind of reactive things well, which is great in a, in a social situation. And like, that's how you become more successful. And my sense is if you've built the kind of thing that you guys have built here, you also have a lot of vision and you have a lot of things that you guys really care about and that you really want. And when you take more time to slow down and take out all these other stimuli that are constantly coming at you and you, you clear them out, which is, this actually brings it right back to where the story started was I was at a retreat in India, one of these in India, they're all over the world, but I was at one of these in India and I was kind of processing through like all my business career stuff and Carrie, who's my wife, like what she wants. Da, 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 da. And by the end of the 10 days, all the other bullshit had just burned away because I didn't have anything to latch on to. I couldn't like write all about my business ideas, right? All it was, was like Carrie stuff and business stuff and all these things. And by the end, it all just burned away. And it was like, Carrie, I'm going to, we're going to get married now. We're going to have babies now. We're going to go wherever she wants to go now. Okay, and I, here's and a I life quit hack, my job. ladies. Send your husbands <laughs> or send send your boyfriends to a 10-day retreat 
And make sure they come out of that retreat saying your name. But what you're saying is it quieted all the kind of like BS and stuff that didn't really necessarily, you know, matter or that you shouldn't have necessarily been focused on at the time. And it made you focus on the stuff. It that, got me clarity in that moment. Yeah. And I and I would say I've done other retreats and the end of the retreat was not Carrie. So sorry, not to scare you ladies. But at that time in my life, at the end, it was like, that's what it, that's what's important. And literally, I quit my job the next day and moved from India two days later. I was like, Convinced, clear, convinced, but I'm kind of like that too. Like I get clarity on something and boom, I move for it. I go for the next thing. And I would not have gotten there if I had not just taken the time to turn off all the other people talking to me. And even my own, because this is the thing that's, I think, confusing sometimes. I think it's just other people talking to me that are, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to make it sound bad, other people, but like other people's needs or ideas or me trying to be validated by them or be successful in their or eyes. Or to-do lists. Or to-do to lists, yeah. But what happens is I actually have internalized them and I think it's me now. I think all these things that I I think I want to do them, but really it's like I if I do them, then these other people will like like me or maybe I can make money or whatever these things are. But like, do I actually want to do them? And you just have to like, go inside for a while and listen to your own mind and see what it's saying to get clear about what is actually like, what do I actually want? What do I actually care about? What do I think is most important as this next step right now? And I'm not going to blame anyone else for it. It's no one else's responsibility. It's like just getting clarity for myself and then making a choice and taking responsibility and going for it. So I think we should sign you up right now. Let's get online, <laughs> let's get, let's get and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna Honestly, enroll you in I the could program. Use ten days to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. sounds like a good idea. Let's send let's, you off. Let's you're go. gonna go. You're you're not gonna do anything but sit there in silence, and I'll I'll be over here. Is it, is it a beautiful setting? Well, it's got to be a pretty setting. What yeah. uh, what is your just like really quick side tangent before we get into aminos? What yeah. is your meditation in the morning every single day now, based off what you've done? That is such a good question. I have made this shift in the last year and a half to walking. Walking meditation. Naval Ravikant does that. Yeah, I used to be really into sitting meditation. And now I go on like a, I basically walk from my house to this lake that's near my house and walk around the lake and walk back. And you don't bring your phone. You don't have any like stimuli. You just walk. It depends. Sometimes I bring my phone. So it's not like, I'm not saying right now I do the super pure walking meditation. So I'm in no way saying like, I'm this guy that does pure form meditation every day. But my sense of how I get my needs met for that clarity is basically getting outside and going on this walk every single morning. And sometimes I have my phone, I pick it up and I kind of like follow up on something, right? So that's that's at odds with all the other stuff I just talked about, but that's that's what works for me now. The other thing I do is I love my Shakti mat. You guys know those? It's no. like it's like a it's like a acupressure mat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we have that, Michael. Yeah. So like the acupressure mat I, I really, sometimes I, I do that. I'm going to dust the old acupuncture or acupressure mat off. But yeah. I, I got it nude to match the house. We have one. Oh, well, that, and we as also long as you did pill. that. I mean. I'm going to put that on my neck. That sounds amazing. They're pretty intense. I mean, it's like. I love, it sounds like everyone at this table likes intense though. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say you like intense. Pull out the old bed of nails. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if they had a bed of nails and actual nails, I feel like we would have that. I can make I, you one. I, no I problem. Get it. Quick question uh -huh. too. How long is the walk? Is it 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour? It's about an hour to an hour 15. And that's your meditation for the day? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. Again, that, that's the thing that I find that if I do that, the whole rest of my day is different and I feel more grounded in, in myself. And the only, the only other, I guess, selling point I put out there for walking and not saying as a 
instead of sitting meditation or whatever else you do is going back to like trauma related stuff, left, right brain hemisphere, like interaction and the ability to basically synchronize them when they discovered EMDR. You guys know what EMDR is? Yes, I do. My sister's done that. Okay, yeah. So EMDR was actually just the clinician who discovered that. It was like through walking because they realized, she realized through walking that there's a left-right brain hemisphere thing that happens. So I think that for myself too, maybe because I have like this intensely analytical side of me and then also this like, it's funny, I'm even doing my right hand for this intensely analytical side of me and this like way more free-flowing, creative, kind of visionary, out there, dreamy side of me. I think they find they're kind of in conflict sometimes. And I actually think through walking, I I harmonize them. Sounds like you. You gotta try walking meditation, man. Yeah, I've struggled. I, I'm working on it, but I've struggled with sitting, but the, the walking thing sounds like I would like he's, it a lot. More. You just go for a walk. He's I'm not feel, like I'm he's not like sussing out and funneling meditation right well, now. Well, I'm, I'm experimenting with yeah. it. I'm trying to find like kind what, of my what, what thing, thing that works. Like she was into Joe Dispenza for a long time. And I, 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 I love listen, Joe I really admire what he's done, Joe but it's, it's a little bit too like in my I don't want to hear him talking to me. Yeah. And I admire what he's done. Yeah. Say that, but just, I have that same experience that like the way my mind is, I don't do well. I, I don't thrive being facilitated in in meditation, in yoga, in a workout class, those things. Like I just need to get in my own flow. Like I just need to get into myself. I don't know you guys. There's nothing better. This morning I woke up and did Joe Dispenza for 26 minutes. And then I did Wim Hof breath after. And I am like buzzed. I believe, I believe together. that it's like it's like a cocktail. <laughs> I do. I do think, though, that different people uh, di- yes, are potentially wired differently or have different needs. There's also maybe different phases, like maybe we're in this situation for the next 20 years right. or something. And then then suddenly we're like in our 50s or 60s. And it's like, Here, here's what we're I like. Feel. Oh, I really like being led by maybe I'll change. The, yeah. The phase that I'm in right now and going back to chat, he's like, obviously, we do a lot of this. We're having a lot of like intense conversations. And then you know, this is my side. The day thing is like there's 70 people that work in this business that, you know, need some kind of attention from me every day. Two young kids and a three-year-old, a lot of, you know, wife. So it's like, it's a lot of noise. And so for me, I'm like, I, I need less noise when I'm going to do that. I want to be quiet. I want to sit with just myself. And so having somebody facilitate to me, I'm like, oh my God, it's just another person in my brain. I really, you know I mean? this is I really, relate. really weird, but I taught my four-month-old to meditate. I like, like actually taught him to meditate with me. And how I know that sounds crazy. It doesn't sound crazy because my mom used to actually take me out to this bluff when I was little, but I wasn't that little. I was like two or three and she would just meditate and I would just like sit there and do my own thing. Which is not like, normal at that age for yeah, you. Yeah, but how, what does it look like in a four month old? I think he's just asleep. So what? No, he's not. No, he's not. So he meditated every day when I was pregnant. And then now this morning we meditated for 30 minutes together. I held his hand and he laid there. His eyes were open. And he lays there and he 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 knows the prompt of the meditation from when I was pregnant. Without fail, she meditated uh, every day of her pregnancy. And so while he, he was knows the, the voice of Joe Dispenza. And he literally will lay there with his eyes open and just meditate. I know that sounds crazy. I believe that. I'm doing it every single day. I even like then I did my breath work and I laid him on me and did the breath with him. He doesn't cry. He just sits there and meditates. I I swear. Like Joe, uh, Joe, is that you? Is he my Joe. dad, Joe? <laughs> I ha- I actually have a similar story. So we're not we're not like of this religious affiliation, but there's this thing called the Gayatri mantra in India, that is like one of the most oldest, famous mantras, and I just love it. 
And so my wife and I used to like sing it and like chant it. It's just like kind of a calming thing to do. And when she was pregnant with both of our kids, I chanted it like at the womb, like at the, not the womb, at the, at her belly. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a megaphone right at her crotch. Go over her vagina. No, no. Uh, at her belly, I would, I would sing it. And then when both of them were born, we played it. Like we just have this recording of it that we loved or whatever. And we played it. And like still to this day, my kids, they'll be like, you know, will you sing that? And if I sing that, they just like go into like, like it's not like they go to sleep, but they just go into like calm. Yeah, because they associate, it's like frequencies. If you put on the frequencies at night, they like take it down. I mean, it's so true. I I think I believe in exactly what you're saying. I totally agree with you. If I ever get pregnant again, you can chant at my vagina. Okay, perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Joe Dispenza. You just need to memorize the Joe Dispenza meditation and then and then yeah. chant it at her Maybe vagina. Maybe I can get Joe to come and yell at your vagina. Do breath work on my clit. <laughs> oh, so you go through all of these experiences. Yeah. And then in, in a weird kind of roundabout way, after you've fought for years to kind of like go off and be your own person, which you did, obviously, you kind of come back to your roots that you were brought up in and you, st- you decide, okay, I'm going to lean heavy into wellness and aminos and things. Was that... Did you think that out or was it just like felt familiar? Like why? I didn't think it out. I think it's it's more like having a set of values and watching how those values manifest in your life as you continue to iterate. That's what I'd say it looks like. So when I came to Boulder, I ended up working and leading a behavioral healthcare company that was really focused on, I would say a much more, it was cash pay. So private and like sure. you, we could do awesome behavioral healthcare, like the cool stuff like insurance won't pay for. And super holistic with health and nutrition and integrative psychiatry and like all this like really cool stuff. And I didn't think, oh, I I want to get in that industry. But I just kind of wound up there, just showing up, talking to people, you know, being me. And that made so much sense for who I was. Like almost if you trace it backwards, like that is the 16-year-old, like the 16 to 20-year-old me needed that. And this actually was a program for like young adults, basically for troubled young adults, just like I was. And so, you know, I somehow ended up there and I don't know if it's like, it almost feels like I traced it backwards then. And so then, then once I healed that thing or worked through that and I'm, you know, trying to figure out what's going to be next in my career and what I want to do and what I care about. I think I was always in a context in my family too, where it was like weird to have a job. Like my, I don't never know my parents having like jobs or working for anyone else. So it was always like, I always thought I would be a business person. Yeah. Then when it's like, I have a young family and it's like, what's kind of next and what do I care most about? And what am I really passionate? What's something that's like, I, I love, you know, what, what, what do I love? And I really have always loved nutrition and fitness. And I would say more than anything, this, this nutrition side of it, like it's the thing that I think can, it's the foundation. It's like, it's the foundation that if you don't, if you don't do that right, if you don't do that well, all the other efforts that you make, they're, they're just going to, they're going to be like half of what they could be. I mean, like you, know? you can have the best mindfulness and the best fitness, but if you don't take care of what you're putting in your body, like it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if you eat a bunch of really junky food, if you change the macros that you eat or you change the micronutrients that you eat, it directly impacts every single other thing that you do. And that's not to like, I don't know, like downgrade what the meaning of like physical activity is or of of you know mindset or things like that and you could maybe make the argument well if you don't have the right mindset then you won't choose the right foods but i i was raised in an environment where it's like we ate 
we tried we really thought about what we ate but we, you can make the argument that it's it would be almost impossible to get the right mindset if you're treating what you're putting in your body like shit right or if you're if you're putting terrible things that are going to affect that, you know your hormones or your inflammation levels or your brain or whatever like it's very hard to get the mind right then that's that's where i came from and so maybe this is the most important point rather than me coming and telling other people like in the conversation we were having earlier about the meditation thing right like you know is lauren's thing right or is michael's things right I was raised and I have a belief system that what I put in my body and what nutrition is, is the like one of the most, if not the most fundamental thing I need to focus on. So if I'm going to keep growing a career and trying to have integrity with the world and give my children something to be proud of in terms of what I work on and just like have meaning in life, focusing on doing something like making a functional food company and a supplement company is where I can find the most meaning in life, where I can do like this greatest good because it's, it's what I believe in. It's where I'm coming from. It's where, it's how my parents raised me. It's what all my experiences led me to. And again, that doesn't, I think there's other people that maybe find a calling to like be Joe Dispenza. So now it's going to be, and I don't, I don't know enough about Joe, but like, you know, to like to lead people in this whole mindset meditation approach. And that's going to be the most important thing. Or someone else who's going to be totally focused on activity or, or a, a pastor thinks they're going to, you know, help people through bringing them to some experience of God through that. Like there's all these different things that people feel callings to. Like maybe I think the simplest thing is like, this is my calling. And I, I experience it that way. It doesn't mean that it, it's the most important thing. But I, I think it is. It really is, though, the hammer in the toolbox. I I changed my eating drastically this pregnancy compared to my first one. And my first one, I had horrible postpartum depression and anxiety. And this one, I've implemented aminos. I've been eating tons of grass-fed meat. The weight is falling off quicker. I feel better. I feel clearer. And I'm eating a lot of vegetables, a lot of water. I'm just like really focused on that. Whereas before it was like more carb heavy. Mm -hmm. And I noticed a big difference. Who needs aminos? That's a that's that's a good question. I, I almost think we have to back out. So okay. I'm gonna give you maybe a, maybe an answer that's more ambiguous than you like. Perfect. Everyone needs aminos. And the reason why everyone needs aminos, and I'm not saying like everyone needs Keon aminos or some other dietary supplement is that aminos is short for amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks, so they're like the bricks that make up protein. And protein, as everyone knows, or not everyone knows, but I think people are generally familiar, when we talk about protein typically, we're thinking protein is one of the three macronutrients. You got protein, carbohydrates, and fat. It is very different from the other two macronutrients. The primary role of fat and carbs for us, outside of like essential fatty acids that support like brain function, et cetera, is to give you energy. You actually convert the fat or you convert the glucose into ATP that then your body burns to move. Proteins can be used for that. And the component amino acids that make up the proteins can be used for that. But the primary role is to replace the essential amino acids in your body that fuel you as a life form. So if anyone's familiar with like thinking back to like your basic biology, right? Like even DNA is made up of proteins and it's the same types of proteins. Like these are different, these are different conglomerations of these proteins and how they're put together and how they're built and what they form in your body. But literally, so half over a little over half your body is water of the solid stuff that makes up your body. Over half of it is proteins and thus over half of it is amino acids. 
But one of the one of the main things people don't realize about proteins and amino acids in your body is that they're in a constant state of turnover. So the proteins in your body, let's make it simple and just talk about your muscle. But really, we're talking about your liver, your heart, your kidneys, your skin, Everything, yep. enzymes. People talk about enzymes. Those are proteins. Your neurotransmitters. So the chemicals in your brain that make you feel and think and have emotions, the precursors of those are amino acids or they themselves are amino acids. So like your whole experience of being, maybe not the fuel that you burn to, to move, but like your whole rest of your experience of living. Those proteins are in a constant state of turnover. They're breaking down and then they're rebuilding themselves. So you get rid of the older proteins and you create new ones. It also is the case that sometimes you need to be transferring around different amino acids to create different proteins in the body. Like suddenly now you need to be like, if you have an injury, you're going to suddenly need to have more support in that area. So you're moving around the amino acids in your body. And that's why the proteins are constantly breaking down and then being rebuilt. The thing is when you break them down, Every time they break down, you lose some. They get excreted as urea. Yeah, I mean, they, you lose them. They, they go out through your pee. And you must eat more. But you don't have to eat all amino acids. You must eat the essential ones. There are 20 amino acids that make up the proteins in your body, like your muscle tissue, and that make up the proteins that we would eat in plants or a other animals. Of those, nine are essential. And those nine are essential because your body cannot synthesize them. If you eat those nine, then your body can actually synthesize the other 11. It will make them. Your liver will like cook them up and make the other 11 for you to use to help build other tissues, et cetera. Now, there's benefits of eating those 11 directly because then your body doesn't have to make them all, but it must have those nine. Also, those nine, and this is what many people don't know when you get in the debate around plant or animal protein or what's a complete protein. We typically talk about a complete protein has all nine, and that's what makes it complete because it has all those nine essential. But the other really big thing people don't realize is that those nine are the, are the active component of protein that stimulates muscle protein synthesis. So the thing that helps you rebuild the protein, you do not have to have the other 11, not just because like you don't have to have them because, because your you body can, can you synthesize them and make them like it, it will incorporate them when it builds your muscle. Like it'll use them as like a material, but it, they don't have to be present to kick off muscle protein but synthesis. The others do. Or all nine must be present at the same time. So literally, if you are a human being, you need amino acids every single day. Okay. Well, so if, if someone is not getting all nine amino acids, what are the symptoms that they're experiencing? Like, are they tired? Are they hyper energy? Like what are the experiences there? What are, what's their, their vibe if they're not getting them? A lot of different things. Cause fundamentally amino acids are going to control like all these things I just said, your organ functional enzymes, mood, et cetera. So for sure, if you are not getting enough of certain amino acids, you will have experiences of dysregulated mood. So you will have, you, it's hard to say exactly what you're going to experience because overall, like the brain is a very complex chemistry of many different neurotransmitters because you don't have the complete protein, forms. but, but yeah, but it, it is utilizing the essential amino acids to create the proper amount of the neurotransmitters to support healthy brain function. Can I give this to my two-year-old? Official language, you should check with your doctor. Mm -hmm. I give it to my kids. Wink and twice <laughs> if I should give it to my two-year-old. So let me ask you this. And I give it to my kids. That said. Instead of like juice, I feel like if I just give her a, a, like a half a scoop, right? Well, so I think it's a good question. Like instead of juice, like these, again, like amino acids and proteins and, and glucose and fats play different roles. So I wouldn't say it's a direct replacement for juice. Like I think that your, your child 
should get carbs. Okay. I would definitely recommend giving your child carbs and fats and proteins. And if your child, if you have a hard time getting your child enough proteins, which I have that more of an experience with like older kids, like a seven-year-old who I just took to lunch and she only wants to eat pasta. I know I was going to offer her skinny <laughs> confidential cookie dough and I'm like, that's a horrible influence. Oh no, she would, she would, yeah. she would eat it. She loves, she okay, loves maybe sugar. I'll give her some but sugar. with her, I, I am trying to get her to take essential amino acids as a supplement because she's not, she's not getting the protein that she needs. She's not getting those essential Let's, amino I acids. I want to talk about that for yeah. not just for kids, but for the general population. Yeah. Why do we need to supplement now? Right. And it was, yeah. I'm, I'm, we evolved obviously getting these proteins before uh-huh. these supplements exist. So what, what's going on in our either food supply or whatever supply that we're not, that we're, ne- we're needing to supplement now more. So I think this goes back to a question of what we're ultimately trying to achieve, which is kind of similar to what I was saying about Lauren. Like, well, I don't know that I would just replace it with the sugar water. If your kid's not getting any other, you know, carbs or glucose, then give it, give them that. But overall in the history of the world, we've gone through different stages of different diets. And the stage that we're in today gives us the opportunity with modern science to see what makes the human body perform optimally. And optimally, perform optimally can mean all different kinds of things. It's like, oh, I want to be an athlete, or I want to be thinner and more muscular looking, or I want to live a long time, be able to be active for a long time. So from that context, and naturally, you know, like people do live longer now than they used to live, or it's like, I think it was like half of children before five years old died before like 1800. So clearly like health, health is an evolving frame. But in today's world, if one's goal is to be vibrant and healthy. So get to be really active. That's like, I can go running or I can lift weights or I can play sports with friends or all the different ways in which you might like to be active. I want to climb. I want to do paddle boarding on the lake, et cetera. And I want it to be easy and I want to have fun. You need a certain amount of protein and the, the essential amino acids that are within them. And we'll get into this in a second, like how much that is. Similarly, if you are in a situation in which you feel like you're overweight and you want to lose weight, consuming more protein and the inherent essential amino acids or the essential amino acids that are in them are going to directly support that. And I can kind of break down each one of these. I, I want to stay on that for a second because okay. I, I do feel that people have been led astray as of recent on cutting more proteins to lose weight, right? Like people, like, and it, it's just, and, and listen, I, we've talked about plant-based diets or, or veganism or, you know, whatever. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I, I think that if you're going to take that approach, it's, it's very important to get the right proteins and the right aminos, because to your point, I, I think people have been given advice that you can maybe hit some of these fitness goals or weight goals without some of these things. And I just don't believe that to be true. You can you can cut a ton of calories and cut a bunch of protein and lose weight sure. on, on the scale. Like yeah, literally yeah, you will lose weight on the scale. But the deal that people don't realize is that when you cut calories, like let's just say I have a daily, I have a daily consumption of 2000 calories and it has a certain split of protein, carbs, and fat. And I cut that in half and I cut down my protein intake by reducing the protein intake. I am inherently not just cutting down on the amount of fat that I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is these frail looks. That's what that's, that's yeah. sorry. I should have. And it that will better. make you, it will create a long term. It'll make it that much harder to lose weight in, in the future and you'll get a skinny fat composition. So if like people are trying to like 
when it's most important. people want to look tone, right? Yes. Well, I think even from a health perspective, though, I think you're seeing a lot of people have a lot of health issues because they lose that muscle tone. And as they age, it's hard to get it back. And then when you don't have it back, you need your muscle to support your structure. And that's why you see all these people getting hurt later in life or, you know, having complications because they've lost that muscle structure by not thinking about these things ahead of time. I mean, I'd say we get into longevity in a second, but just to say muscle, I would argue is the most important asset to take into long, to take into your at basically 50s and beyond because it becomes that much harder even after that to ensure that you not only have the most vibrant active life and that you don't like fall and get hurt and can't recover from it but also to help support cardiovascular health metabolic health etc like it is yep. it's the asset to invest in but in terms of weight loss so i think what many people don't realize is they go but they jump between starving themselves or trying to exercise a bunch or do a bunch of cardio and if you just kind of like slow down and really look at like how it all fits together you have a basal metabolic rate. That is like when you're just lying down in your bed, you burn a certain amount of calories just to like be, right? And so if you don't do any additional exercise and you consume less calories than, than what that basal metabolic rate is, you are going to lose weight. Like you, you will absolutely lose weight. You'll lose some fat and you'll lose some muscle. Unfortunately, muscle is actually even easier to lose. It's like 700 calorie deficit makes you lose a pound of muscle versus 3,500 calorie deficit makes you lose a pound of fat. So it's easier to lose muscle if you start cutting those amino acids, the protein that you need. Just whatever your basal metabolic rate is like, you need to just think about how much I'm going to eat relative to that. Then people think, oh, if I exercise, it'll help me lose weight. But if you actually look at how many extra calories you burn from like going and like running for half an hour or for an hour, it's not as many calories as you think, especially if you're eating like more processed foods. So then fundamentally, the question is, well, then how can I eat foods in a, in a more thoughtful way to help increase my metabolism overall? And Proteins and amino acids are the most obvious solution for that. And that is because as you increase the amount of muscle that you have in your body, and I'm not talking about like, like for women, it's not like you're getting like jacked or anything. It's just like, if you have like a little bit of fat underneath your arm, just imagine that becomes more toned muscle instead. You increase your basal metabolic rate. Literally the amount of calories that you burn just doing nothing go up. On top of that, Whenever you consume protein or amino acids, there's something called diet-induced thermogenesis. So this isn't like a fat booster thing. It's like jacking up your metabolism or making you all hot or like, you know, like it's not like a, it's not like a stimulant type thing, but literally by eating protein or eating amino acids, you stimulate this muscle protein synthesis. And that process alone, the process of having to create the new muscle and create the new proteins increases your metabolism. So it helps you burn more fat, helps faster. you burn more fat faster. while you're being, not so, it, while you're eating yeah, what a calorie of a protein or the calorie of an amino acid. And amino acid is even interesting because basically we can get to it, but amino acids are essential. Amino acids are three times more effective than whole food protein gram for gram at stimulating muscle protein synthesis. So it's like a third of that is equal to one gram of protein. So there's, a, so you could also be someone that's like, you know, maybe going to the gym, you're slamming all these protein shakes and drinking about eating a bunch of steaks or meat, but you, like you're doing yourself a disservice where you could have some aminos and get a much better effect. I mean, in addition to those, right? Is what you're saying. I think, I think it's thinking about like, to, like which tools you're going to use. So overall, if you, if you, let's keep the focus more like on the weight loss thing, we can get into strength, we can get into performance and let's athletics. Let's keep it on weight loss. I got to mm. lose 20 pounds. Okay. So, I mean, really what you want to be trying to do is to consume at least you know, figure out what your caloric, figure out what your basal metabolic rate is. Like this is how many calories are just burned doing nothing. Don't even think about, I'm going to exercise or do all these other things. You need to get below that. And however many calories you have below that, 
Like that's basically how much fat you're going to lose if you ensure that you're eating a, a much larger amount of protein. So I would aim for at least a gram, and we'll, we'll explain then how essential amino acids can make this even easier and more efficient. For the target weight that you have, you want to eat a gram of protein per pound of that body weight. Okay, that's what I'm doing right now. Okay. And I'm doing my aminos, uh-huh. my Keon aminos. Awesome. I like the mango flavor the best. Me too. You that's know. my favorite. Okay. Although it's it's divided, but that's my favorite. What flavor are we having now? This ba- mixed berry is amazing, yeah, but is I just yeah. love the mango flavor. And I'm doing them after my workout. Great. I was only doing them after my workout four days a week, but after this podcast, I'll be doing them seven days a week. And I'm doing weightlifting. Awesome. Okay. Can you so, can you do it during the workout? That's how I do it. I put it in the water and I just kind of do it. As you I'm can take out. aminos. You can take Keon aminos before workout, during a workout, and after workout. How do you take it? They all have unique benefits. I like to take them before, during, and after because so actually you get the benefits are, and we can explain this and how it relates to protein, are linear, meaning they get better and better all the way up to three servings at once. Huh. So you can take three servings at once and you uh. will get improved benefit. But naturally, I mean, you're like- I was only doing one, so. Yeah. So okay. like, and if you're, if you're, you know, dude who's training, et cetera, like you can totally take three servings at once. You'll get even, what you'll get is you'll get that much more muscle protein synthesis. Okay. So you'll get more diet induced thermogenesis. You'll get the creation of the support and creation of more muscle. So you'll have those positive benefits. For somebody that has a plant-based or vegan diet and they're one, and they want to get the proper protein and take an aminos, what do you recommend if they're not getting, you know, meat from a, from an animal source? Plant-based diet is totally doable to get the protein intake that you need. It takes more time, energy, and commitment to make sure that you're doing it right. And this goes back to, and I'll compare plant proteins, animal proteins, essential amino acids. At the, at the very top, you have how digestible is the protein? Unfortunately, plant proteins are not as digestible inherently to where your body can actually break them down into the component amino acids. Animal proteins are more digestible. Essential amino acids are immediately digestible. Like you just, they immediately get into your blood basically. Then the next question is, what is the profile of that protein or that foods, that, that food or supplement source? So plant proteins typically do not, they're not considered a complete protein on their own. Some like buckwheat, soy, quinoa have a better profile than others because even though you can, however it goes through the digestion, when you actually get the, get the essential amino acids that are in it, things like beef and whey protein concentrate or whey protein isolate or eggs have a much better profile of those essential amino acids to support your body and stimulating the muscle protein synthesis. It's not just like any amount. It's like, what are the proportions of them? So the proportions in plant proteins are not as good. You need to, comp- you need to like basically eat different plant sources together. And I am not a vegan dietitian, so it's hard for me to tell you like, always com- you know, combine these ones in that way. It's like, you really need to look into it for yourself and find things that are like sustainable and that work for you. Then with animal proteins, you don't really have to worry about it. They're all pretty, they're pretty good in terms of the essential amino acid profile. When you get to these, these are perfected. So these basically have gone through, you know, we've, this is not our proprietary research. All this is published research, but the last 30 years, they've been studying this. They've been studying it with even things like, like NASA astronauts. They tried to figure out, hey, if astronauts are going to go to space and they can't do any resistance exercise, how do we ensure that they don't lose muscle mass? They put people on 28-day bed rest, like pooping and peeing in their bed, but with six, six, three servings six times a day of essential amino acids in this similar type of profile, they had net muscle gain after 28 days. 
So besides so, energy, muscle building, recovery, and weight loss, are there other things that you'll notice from them? I mean, those are amazing things. But quickly, things. just to stay on this once. So, so say you're somebody that does all this work in mm-hmm. the gym and you build all this muscle. And then we all know like you put all these results and all of a sudden you lose it real quick. Maybe if you have a period of, you know, maybe you go on vacation for a week and it's like, and then you like deplete a little bit. If you if you supplement with aminos more, you'll be able to keep some of that muscle gain or some of that muscle mass more absolutely. effectively. It will absolutely support that. That's I mean, amazing. So yeah, I mean, I think overall, really... Whatever your daily protein intake is, let's just say I'm trying to get 150 grams of protein a day. Ideally, you divide that by about five. So you have about like five 30 gram protein. You take you take uh, the 30 grams of protein five times a day. The tricky thing is for most people like, oh, I don't want to eat that many times or I like fasting What's or whatever. What's an example of like an easy 30 grams of protein? Like a, a scoop and a half of a whey protein isolate. Uh, How a many few eggs? eggs. Is that? Like five or six eggs? Yeah, it's like five or six. Yeah, five, four, eight, four and a, five And a eggs. typical like yeah. filet or ribeye is what? Like, I think that's like, uh, can't remember exactly how many ounces it is. Okay. Yeah. It's, t- it's difficult too, because in those cases, it, depending on how fatty the meat is, there'll be more or less protein in it thus. So, okay. uh, so that's the other, that's the other than main benefit of this. When you're comparing plant proteins, animal proteins, essential amino acids is plant proteins are, people think they're going to be less caloric, but they're actually very caloric for the amount of essential amino acids you get because they're, they have lots of carbs in them. Like if you, to get as much protein and essential amino acids that you really need from rice and beans compared to chicken, you're going to eat a lot more rice and beans and consume a lot more calories because there's all these carbs. I also noticed too with protein, like the more protein I eat, the more it crowds out the carbs. I'm not as hungry. And also I, this is really weird. I'm sure you've heard this, but Todd came on Dry Farm Wines. I don't like, I don't really want to drink like I used to. Like I, like I don't want wine as much. Like it's not, it, the protein like crowds things out. It's very satiating. So specifically the essential amino acids in the protein are very satiating. And thus, I mean, the way that I think about using essential amino acids, maybe going back to the big question around all this is to support myself in stimulating muscle protein synthesis every few hours. Cause anytime you don't, that's the weird thing people are really into fasting now, but when you go these experience, these extended periods of, of fasting more than three hours without consuming amino acids, you go into net muscle loss. So it's because your body's trying to sustain levels of amino acids in, in your blood and your organs need them. And when your organs can't get them, it starts breaking down your muscles. So because your muscles are the reservoir of amino acids for your body. That's why they're so, so important takes, so for longevity. So it takes it from the muscle. It breaks down your muscle to feed all the other needs of amino acids in your body. So oh, interesting. In terms of like first thing in the morning, snack periods, like still eat good, healthy, whole food proteins, whether it's a plant-based diet or, you know, it's animal-based. But I think trying to fill in the hole. So like first thing in the morning, if you're fasting, definitely take it every three to four hours. If you want a snack, you know, or you want like some kind of, what's awesome about these so kinds does this of- So like, this doesn't break a fast? It does not break a fast in terms of the impact on digestion. And in terms of the impact of like you're trying to contain how many hours during a day that you're going to eat. eat. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I did not. Know and that. if you're gonna do a fasted workout, this is like definitely ideal because when you because yeah, I is, just did one today. Well, that's what I that so you we, should be consuming we work out a, in the morning, and I don't I was like to do, did it after. I like to eat after, so like I always do a fast. So I should take the aminos before. I would take I'm one fasting. to three scoops before you work out. Okay, and or like what before and then during your workout. Do not it go will, and steal my aminos. Look, this is what he does. <laughs> this is what he does. Well, I have He's to, gonna go in. You're gonna have to send me way more. 
Lauren, we're co-hosts No, he, this here. is what he does. He comes and I get him a health tip and then he he starts sneaking no, no, around. No. She 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 gets all the good stuff and hides it from me in the house. I I, I can't track it down. She puts it in these jars and doesn't yeah, label the jars. I don't jars want, I don't want him in my stuff. So but I asked you earlier, besides energy, muscle building, weight loss, athletic re- recovery, are there other benefits that you're going to see? Because I know as I've eaten more meat, my hair has gotten so much thicker. Like, are there things like that? That's That's a great question too. So people typically take collagen because they think it's going to make their hair or their skin or their joints or those types of things look better or or feel improved. Fundamentally, all of those things, collagen itself is is made up of amino acids. It has some of these unique non-essential amino acids that support that kind of directly. But by by taking in more essential amino acids, you overall are giving your body more of the core nutrients that it needs to then produce those specific non-essential amino acids that support hair, support skin, support joints, Etc. If Michael grows any more hair, he's going to look like it. Well, from because the Adam's so family. essentially, you're giving your system all of the essential building blocks to be able to activate all of these systems in your body. Yes, I which are based. All of these things are driven by amino acids. It's what they're driven by. TikTok. Everyone talks about BCAAs. Uh huh. What is the difference between your brand and BCAAs? So BCAAs are three. Of the nine essential amino acids. Ah, there's not the nine. There's guys. not the nine. You gotta there's, get the nine. You gotta get the other six. And it's 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 honestly kind of sad because this is one of those things where science and research about 30, 40 years ago discovered some things about BCAAs that basically leucine, isoleucine, and valine, the three branch chain amino acids, were really important for muscle protein synthesis. And so the whole business, marketing, supplement industry is like, boom, capitalize on this. And it creates a whole trend and people become familiar with it and they keep selling it and doing it like many health trends. But the research is like, and this is all published research, very widely available. These are people who got grants to do things for for NASA, for sports endeavors, for elderly, et cetera, that show that branch chain amino acids on their own do not support muscle protein synthesis. You, know, simply do, you, you have to have all nine. If you go out and you buy one of these other brands that only has the three, it is a waste of your money if you're taking them on their own. Wait, so it's funny because like we were talking off there before when I was younger and take all these supplements and like they pushed BCAA so hard. All these supplement companies did and you know all the, the fitness companies. I mean, everybody I used to work out with them on BCAAs and it was probably pointless. Well, and again, I like to be a little nuanced in this. Like, if you take them in combination with certain other proteins, they can enhance the impact of that protein. Because basically, if you're taking, if you're eating kind of like really deficient proteins that don't have good amino acid profiles, and then at the same time, you enhance them with these other amino acids, it can have a beneficial effect. But understanding all that science, any of the, like your gym bros, they don't know. We were taking that, that, no explode <laughs> cytogainer and BCAAs. At the same time. When yeah. Michael and I first like re-met again after we like went to high school together and then I saw him at this bar after college. And he was wearing overalls with no shirt on. And this well, this motherfucker on No Explode had these huge arms. Like, remember Stretch Armstrong that we had when we were little? <laughs> yeah. Like, he had these Stretch Armstrong arms. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Listen, it was, a, it was the glory days, but I they weren't like that the glorious. I feel like the overalls should come back out after these amino acids. You can throw them on. Your muscles are going to be so big. No, well, I think like, I mean, who knows what, I mean, the, the stuff we were, t- I mean, it's funny because I took all that stuff in college and was young. And then I, a few years went by. And I tried to take it again, like five or six years later with one of my gym bros from uh-huh. college. 
And immediately when I adjusted the stuff, I started vomiting. Like my, my system was like, oh, fuck, no, not this again. It was like, get this stuff out. And, and it, that, that's probably just like all the chemicals, preservatives, which again, are our, our, everything in our brand, all of our products. Clean. Hyper clean. I mean, I like, drink your coffee. That's too. Yeah, my Thank body you. was like, not this again. Like, not again. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, one one important point, because I want to make sure like particularly your female audience doesn't get scared that they're going to end up looking like Michael in his overalls no, back in the taking, day. Jacked. I wasn't taking any of there this stuff. This, back. Yeah. I was taking the worst this stuff. This stuff does like Keanu Minos do not make you get jacked. It's literally just going to support the process of when you are trying to maintain a healthy tone physique that of all the different decisions that you make for your diet, it's an easy way that you're emphasizing muscle maintenance and fat burning. Think about it that way. It's like, I'm ensuring that I'm maintaining my muscle during this period. And even if I'm cutting calories in some other ways, it's supporting me in my protein goals and ensuring that I'm maintaining a lean, more tone physique. It's not going to make the only, the only way you're going to get jacked is if you're spending two, three hours was, in the I, gym, I, I you know, like, there, I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if, if someone does want to lose weight, have you seen weight loss stories with aminos and eating more protein many times? Yes, many times. It's a very, it's like common. one of the most common, you know, stories of people doing that specifically. Again, I think it's a really good combination where you think about, well, I think it's multiple, it's multiple pieces. So it's not pure, like you're just going to take aminos and you're going to lose a bunch of weight. Right. Not, like anything that works like that, would probably be like a drug or something. What it does do is that fundamentally, like we were saying earlier, if you want to lose weight and really you want to lose weight and you want to keep it off, because that's the biggest issue. People go on yo-yo diets. They starve themselves. They cut all these calories. They lose all this fat and they lose all this muscle. Then they pick up the poor behaviors again and they put back on the weight, but you don't put back on muscle. Muscle is like harder to put back on and you have to eat enough amino acids and protein in order to do that. So you end up in this vicious cycle where you just kind of go back and forth and back and forth. And after 20, 30 years of that, you're like in your fifties and you're just fat. <laughs> like you don't have the muscle anymore and it's that much harder to put the muscle back on. I lose so, muscle way faster now in my thirties, almost in my, like almost approaching like low forties than I did before. It's harder to keep it on for yeah. sure. And unfortunately it gets harder and harder as you get older. So like now's, now's the time to focus on, it. but it's not some complicated thing. It's like, Hey, try to get, you know, this gram of protein per, per pound of body weight. If you can't quite get there. Use aminos to help you get there. You can take a third of the amount to create the equal amount of of proteins. For example, if I take one scoop, which has five grams of active amino acids in it, it's equal to 15 grams of protein for muscle protein synthesis. Now you wouldn't want to replace your entire diet with it because you want to be eating whole foods, et cetera, but it's a really easy way to get there. And it's, you know, you're not dealing with all the digestion and the food and the calories, et cetera, that are involved with like the whole food protein. So in that case, it's just a, it's a great way. Why I think it's been, what's worked so well for people is it's like, Hey, I'm ensuring I'm getting in my daily protein. I'm not overeating like crazy. I'm putting aminos in these other targeted ways. If I'm fasting for snacks before, before, during, or after workouts, and that way I'm stimulating that much more muscle protein synthesis, it's that much easier to just be burning calories all the time without taking some kind of stimulant or like starving myself or feeling hungry all the time. And then like obvious exercise, like honestly, like I, I walk and lift weights, man, I've, I've been doing more kickboxing and stuff like that lately, but like you don't have to push yourself to some kind of extremes. This, I think why people like it so much is it's an e it's easy. It's easy. It tastes good. It's like a fruity flavor. It's natural. It's clean. This is what I do. You said you use a shaker, uh -huh. but I, have you tried using a <laughs> frother? So what I do is I take my Yeti. Yeah. I put my heart ice cubes in it 
I fill it with <laughs> Mountain Valley spring water and then I put the aminos in and then I froth it. And it's delicious. If you haven't tried to frother. So we've I've done the frother. I feel like maybe my frother is not powerful enough, but because there's further there's further like processing you can do of, of amino acids to make them like these micro nanotized things. I forget what it's called right now. We don't go for that extra degree of processing because it's just to, to make them more pure. Basically, right. we don't we want to keep them more pure. And thus, I find that when I try to froth it, it doesn't like blend up perfectly. Like sometimes I get like a little bit of like little yeah, particles. We, but we, if we, I shake it, there's none. So I would just say that to listeners if anyone tries it. A frother though too. Can we get like a Keon high powered frother? Oh, and he just said the frother doesn't work. <laughs> I right? I've tried. I mean, I want to see your video of you doing I'm it. I'm going to do it. Or we should survey the audience. Anyone who listens okay. to this ends up trying. Like if they, can they get it to work with the frother? If they can get it to work with the frother and you show me the manufacturer of that frother, I will... Make a Keon frother. We will make a Keon frother. We will make a Keon amino frother. Make sure it says at Keon on it for Instagram. No, I, I personally don't have good froth control. Every time I use that thing, the water no, you're sprays everywhere. The, the, the move with like, the frother, just you put it at the bottom of the cup and then you froth and then you turn it off and take it out. No, I it have always, a great frother. I'm going to show okay. you. It okay, always show gets it wonky me. with me yeah. and shit goes flying all Be, over. Before we go, I want to do a giveaway, but I want, I want, I have one more question. Okay. Vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free. This is the purest one that we can get on the market. Is that correct? I believe so. This is the purest one you can get on the market. And that okay. is through searching the absolute, like just being so driven in the supply chain to find the best raw ingredients we can get. And then working tirelessly to make sure that like we can actually make something this delicious with the flavors that taste like this that are all natural flavors and that don't have a bunch of like weird artificial sweeteners in it. And that is just pure and clean and good from a little hippie kid from Wimberley, Texas. I'm telling you, like I'm, <laughs> I wouldn't put junk in my body. I have one more question for you. It's <laughs> actually kind of a not a question, but it's more of like a routine. How one? How close can you take this to bed without it affecting your sleep, or will it affect your sleep? Many people will take this before bed. So when we talk about energy, it's not like it's going to give you an energy boost like, like caffeine. Okay. So when we talk about energy, and maybe I don't mean to go too off here, but like when you talk about energy, there's different forms of energy. There's energy that supports the actual energy that fuels your body. There's energy that facilitates like muscle contractions, et cetera, and facilitates the mitochondrial health at, at, the, at, the, at the level of the muscle. And thus, when you take this amino acid supplement, it gives your body what it needs so that fundamentally your muscles will function properly. When you're doing an activity. When you're doing an activity and that you have proper amino acids for your brain and for mood, et cetera. Because another thing that happens when you do activities, it burns more of one specific amino acid, leucine, and tryptophan actually shares the same pathway as leucine, which then increases FHTP in your brain, which increases serotonin, which makes you tired. And that's why people get tired after extended exercise. So when you're taking aminos, it ensures that you don't get tired from that. So overall, it's going to give you acutely, like it's going to give you energy today if you're exercising, allow you to like keep moving, going longer, not getting fatigued. And it will give you energy for like overall mood, but it's not going to keep you up. It's not caffeine, which is actually an adenosine blocker. It basically like blocks signals so, in your so brain. So that's why when you take this before and during a workout, you feel like you have a more effective workout. At least I do because you feel like you have more energy to participate in that workout. Yeah, you will have less muscle fatigue yep. unless you feel like you have more motivation. Yep. And on top of that, you prevent the muscle you prevent the muscle breakdown. So yeah, and honestly, performance-wise, there's nothing better than combining essential amino acids and exercise together to maximize the benefits of your exercise. I will too. never do a workout. Okay, without so you're taking it, it mostly centered around like before you're going to work out, during, and then after. But you're not really like, oh, I'm you know going to bed now and I'm gonna take your. That's you're mostly having your three servings if, around. Yeah, before if I was if I was in a stage right now where I was trying to be a highly like competitive athlete 
or I was someone that really like just ha- like wakes up in the middle of the night hungry, maybe that. I would consider taking it at night because okay. what it's going to do is it's going to kick off one more stage of muscle protein synthesis before you go to bed. It's going to keep you from getting hungry. It's re- it's like it's like a very performance oriented kind of thing to think about taking it before bed if you're an athlete or if you're afraid of getting hungry. It's great. Okay. Yeah. We've covered a lot of ground here today. All right. So we're going to give away. Can we give away a bunch of amino acids? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do like a whole packet for one of you guys. And all you have to do is follow at Keon, K-I-O-N on Instagram and tell us your favorite takeaway from this podcast on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostic. We also have a code for you. I personally am going to recommend starting with the mango. That's my favorite. Also, I'm just saying I do drink your coffee too every single day because it's organic and there's no fucking shit added to it. So maybe get that Get the too. coffee at the same time. Just get do it. it. Definitely though, the mango aminos. What is the code for everyone? Go to getkeon, that's dot com slash skinny. And there'll be a custom page just there for you guys. You need to come back on. You're a very interesting, multifaceted guy. Once I go on my retreat and come back, I'll have to be able to <laughs> I'm gonna talk I'm going to send him off for his birthday. I'm going to get him a gift card to go away for 10 days. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Be sure to use the link getkeon.com slash skinny so you get the discount and check out the mango aminos and their pesticide free coffee. I had some this morning. It's so delicious and clean. This episode was brought to you by Keon. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.